Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. Oh man, ladies, we are officially, officially in season six and still in quarantine. So once again, we are recording from the comfort of each of our own homes. And by now, some of us hopefully are feeling a little more settled into this new temporary normal of staying at home and social distancing. To be honest, though, I think we all still have our good days and our bad days, and that is perfectly okay. Even if you have roommates or a partner whom you live with, it can still be an incredibly lonely time, which is what we wanted to talk about today. So in collaboration with Bumble, today we'll talk about how we are dealing with loneliness in general and ways that we can connect with others. All right, ladies, are you feeling lonely during this time? What are your experiences with loneliness this past month? So of the three of us, um, I am the only one who lives alone. So like if you talk about being physically alone, I'm literally alone like 24-7, right? Like we've now been quarantining for about a month. So I've literally seen people maybe a total of like four times, like once a week, I'll go grocery shopping. And occasionally I go to the lobby to like pick up packages or mail. But other than that, I'm like literally physically alone. But we were kind of in talking about the concept of loneliness. I first started just by, I was like, how do people really define loneliness, right? Mm -hmm. So I like went on Google and I was like, what's the definition? And I think there's a huge difference between being alone and being lonely, right? Like being alone means you're physically by yourself, um, but it's not associated necessarily with any type of positive or negative emotion. So the aspect of feeling lonely, it, it does mean that you are starting to feel a sense of sadness. I am a pretty introverted person and I like my alone time, but definitely I can tell when I'm experiencing actual periods of loneliness, which is like, I'm not really necessarily happy so much with not having like another person around. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me personally, like I notice it more like when it gets dark. So in the evenings, luckily it's been since we're now in like April, the days are a little bit longer. So, you know, you have daylight until a little bit later in the evening. But yeah, generally at night is when I start to feel more of that negative feeling mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. yeah, just being really kind of like alone and sad and overthinking. Is it more because you're looking for someone to like maybe cuddle at night? Or why do you think it's different between like the daytime versus nighttime? I don't think it's like physical contact that I'm craving. It's more like kind of activity wise. Mm. if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so it's like and it's it's even just like having a meal by yourself right like maybe Mm. maybe it's because by that time I've already had two meals during the day kind of by myself and it's at that Mm. point then you're like okay this is another one and it's like darker I don't know something about the it's like an accumulation of loneliness yeah throughout the day yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It kind of peaks at night. I think it's an accumulation. I do think also it is a like physical space thing. I am a person like in the past I've noticed that in different jobs, if I'm in an office setting that's really gloomy, it affects my mood. So I think think, like when there's like lack of actual light, like I do feel a little bit more depressed. For both of you ladies, you have one other person. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of like change in my life this past month from quitting my job at the beginning of the month Mm -hmm. to jumping right into ABG like two days days later and then going into quarantine mode like a week after that um and i think the things that i've been feeling this past month i wouldn't outright label as loneliness because what i'm feeling i think is more like the uncertainty Mm. that comes from like any big life change and this like low grade of anxiety or depression just leading to like a lack of drive and i feel like that's maybe something that it sounds like you're feeling too janet Mm -hmm. but i feel like when it comes to loneliness like you said like i have philip and honestly i don't know if i would be as sane as i am right now without him here but i think like this lack of drive that I'm feeling is a mix of both the uncertainty that I mentioned, but also a lack of connection with like a variety of thoughts mm-hmm. and a variety of people. Mm-hmm. My introverted side and the person who is like becoming really introspective is like really happy that I'm living in these like thoughts that I've never had time to think about. Mm-hmm. But then my extroverted side is like, girl, you are super lonely. Like, you need to go out and connect with people. Helen just brought up such interesting points. I feel like you're like it's like an identity crisis of feeling like your extrovertedness and your introvertedness um, is being pulled. But like mm-hmm. Helen, I also I do have a roommate, so physically I'm not alone. You know, we occupy the same space, and luckily, you know, I do have we have dinners together every night. But we kind of do our own thing during lunch and breakfast. But um, when I feel alone or I feel lonely, it's, I do feel lonely at night like Janet. I think because I do have my own room. I don't like sleep with her in her bed. Um, <laughs> but when I'm about to sleep, I think that's when my mind just kind of goes into like more of fantasy mode and like think about longing for a companion or a partner to like, you know, kind of wind down with just to have someone to snuggle with. And I do think I have really great snuggle buddies such as my Rebear Bears and my, my little stuffed dog that I, I use every night. But I did notice like a habit that I have. It's like I like holding on to something or some or maybe I'm hoping mm. for someone as I'm like, watching my shows or like reading or just ending the night. So I think I'm just like longing for like or maybe a romantic partner. So that's when I feel lonely. Uh, but also like Janet, I Googled what lonely means. because I'm just like, what is the real definition of, of loneliness? And it was it said that it's feeling empty or alone or craving human interaction And I actually believe that, you know, just because you're single, that doesn't mean you're necessarily lonely, right? Mm -hmm. I do think you could feel full and, like, comfortable being by yourself because, like, my introverted side is, like, super happy to be, like, confined in a space. And my friends are, like, one of my friends is, like, I'm so surprised how you're not going crazy yet in your house. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, because I actually love being home. Like, on the weekends, you guys know that I could stay in my pajamas all day and watch shows. And I think if I were to ask myself if this is the type of loneliness I feel outside of quarantine – or has my loneliness felt different in quarantine versus um, outside? I would say it's actually the same, like, to be honest. So have you guys felt like a difference in your loneliness um, being in quarantine versus not being in it? It's very different than when you're like isolated, right? Because it's mm-hmm. literally like days on days of, of no real human interaction. And in my past, though, I can think of like a couple of experiences, like when I went to Kenya and then when I was in Miami, when I knew that okay, for the next couple of months, I'm going to be in a setting that's outside of my normal day-to-day life. And in fact, it's going to be kind of challenging and it's going to be a little uncomfortable and I'm not going to be around people that are familiar and in a setting that's familiar to me. So I kind of liken this experience to that. Like I feel like 
that was like, what, maybe 10 weeks? So it's like about two months. One of the biggest things that I found, I'm seeing a pattern of how I kind of cope. And one thing that helps me is to become more rigid about a routine. Mm. Generally, I tend to start going to bed earlier and then trying to get up earlier and just you know, I've also, I'm not usually a breakfast person, but now I have like breakfast every day and it's just doing as much as I can to, I think, create a sense of like balance for myself because I know that I'm going to be dealing with negative emotions and I'm much more well prepared to let those emotions pass and to manage them if I feel more balanced, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 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 How about, how about you ladies? Yeah, no, I feel like this type of loneliness that I'm feeling, it's, it's hard to kind of like break it apart between the sort of like transformation that I feel like I I really am going through after such a big life change event like that's happening but then at the same time I'm being forced to stay inside and I think naturally outside of quarantine I usually have like my calendar filled with like events and meetings and like all of these things where I'm just like go 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 and I'm not even like really thinking that oh, hey, I'm fulfilling this need of my personality to have social interaction Mm. versus it's just there. And now that it's not there, I think a part of me is like, okay, I'm going to focus on this transformation side of me that really thinks I'm actually more introverted. And I think the sadness that I'm feeling is more like my extroverted side that's just like, no, this is inherently you. Like you're a social freaking creature. You need to be (laughs) out there. So this type of loneliness, I feel like is a little bit different from what I've been seeing in just like outside of just being in quarantine the whole time. Yeah. But the other time I've like, I've definitely felt like real, real loneliness before. And that's when I was working for three months in Spain. And I'll never, ever, ever forget this feeling of not having a friend within like a thousand miles from you. Mm. Of being like out on the street with your three suitcases and you're waiting for keys to an apartment. And it's after business hours and no one is showing up and you only have like a phone number for one person in all of Spain to call. And then the phone connection is bad and like they're not picking up. I just remember that was like the loneliest I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. And even like on a Friday night, I remember going to a bar, but instead of bringing a friend, like I brought a journal and I just sit there and like journal. And when you're like surrounded by people, you wouldn't think that you are lonely. But Mm. like Janet said, it's like the state of mind that you're in, right? Yeah. You can be surrounded by so many people, but if you're not connecting with anyone and and no one really understands you to like the core of you, then you're just like in a state of loneliness and wanting to isolate Mm -hmm. out of like discomfort. Yeah. So that's definitely like the one time I I truly felt lonely. And I remember like going back to my my apartment and I went on like meetups.com and and on Facebook and I was like, who's an expat that's like in Madrid right now that I can hang out with? And I found, mm-hmm. like, no one. I just went to sleep that night. I feel like what you're experiencing, like, that is true feeling of, like, being alone. Like, loneliness. Like, that is, for me, like, that is a definition. And I remember when you told me about that story, I was like, man. Because you're really, you're you're very, like, you're self-sufficient. You're a very gritty person. But to go through all of that, I feel like I would have been really broken in that moment. To be like, I feel very, like, I can't even ask for help. And it takes courage to ask for help, too. So I can only imagine, like, even now, like, the type of loneliness you're feeling, it's, like, a very different type. There's very different kinds. Like, Mm -hmm. their experience in Spain was, like, the epitome of loneliness and being alone. But right now, I feel like you're looking, you're going through, like, a transformative period. Because I do think loneliness can be beneficial. Like, for example, I know we talked about Helen before. Like, I would love for you to, you want to go back to Boston for a few days just to be with yourself, be with Mm -hmm. your family, kind of think about things. But, like, a lot of other people right now are going through that, the same feelings. Like, they thrive and, like, are able to process in certain environments but aren't able to do so because they're stuck in quarantine yeah no i think that loneliness can be something that is incredibly freaking scary but also like very beautiful because that is a time for you to really just sit in your thoughts as like scary as they are because 
like every day we are moving so fast we don't get to do that so when you are finally feeling lonely and physically just like alone that is the time of like true work Mm -hmm. so I try to remind myself of that too yeah that I crave connection but it's okay to be lonely too I think what's interesting is also that when you're feeling particularly alone so it's like a the connection with yourself is going to be unique but then Mm -hmm. also yeah I do wonder like the conversations that you're having with people now and the connections you're making with other people in times of like crisis Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something about that setting also helps to develop uh more authentic connections as well do you guys feel that with some of the with some of the conversations you're having or yeah I think right now especially since the whole nation's pretty much on lockdown or going through the same pandemic it's like I think people crave to feel connection or like like that feeling of of, you understand me I think all of us feel very in the same boat right now so in in some ways like whether it's you're reaching out to an old friend again or like making connections online like everyone's kind of like in the same boat to some degree so like there's a level of understanding there like right off the bat Mm -hmm. but speaking of like you know connection or just like combating our different types of loneliness I think Janet you mentioned like you do a routine like all these things like to really help you like get grounded um Helen what have things have you been doing to like I guess combat your loneliness I've been trying to keep myself company I guess <laughs> by like journaling and reading and and doing a lot of just like introspective work and I, I feel like that's like you're I'm actually leaning into my loneliness mm-hmm. versus combating it yeah which is good but I guess because I think connecting with people in a way that's beyond the surface level is the only way to really combat true like loneliness mm-hmm. right to have true connection yeah journaling I think it's it's really important but I think like talking to you ladies facetiming my sister every day is really important and even like watching home workout videos and doing those because it feels like you're part of a community that's bigger than just yourself mm-hmm. and watching like shows and being part of the conversation and, and all of that is has been important to keeping me sort of like sane yeah um from feeling like I'm just thinking all of these very doom and gloom thoughts mm-hmm. how about how about you mel i think like similar to you i feel like even though we're in quarantine i want to make sure like i guess my personal growth or my personal self is still like not a hundred but still pushing forward to be the best version of myself so that is really like even though i feel like shit sometimes like literally that's me like finding time to journal or calling you guys like like hey i really feel like crap right now do you mind just talking to me as a friend because i know we always do business and we're like always busy every day but like to have conversations with you guys one-on-one as a friend it really helps me you know, reading self-help books have put me in a better mindset. Like I'm reading a Brene Brown book right now. So just like, how can I find ways to work on myself during this time to like use this time as like, you know, um, bettering yourself? Because like it just reminds me back of like whenever I go through a breakup, it's like the, those moments of really being lonely. It's like, how can I make this time beneficial to me as much as I can? Mm-hmm. So there's one aspect of like personal self-growth. Let me make sure to work on that. But honestly, you know, I make that I, I say this a lot all the time on my Instagram story. I've been literally obsessed with Korean dramas lately. <laughs> and after so many recommendations from like a bunch of the listeners from ABG, I started crash landing on you. And I will 100% say I am totally emotionally invested in this in this drama and the relationship. And to some degree, I feel like the, the part of me that's longing for a romantic connection, I'm getting fulfilled somewhat just by watching this drama. Mm-hmm. And it's just like mm-hmm. bringing up so many more like emotions and feelings out of me that I haven't felt in so long. But at the same time, it's making me think about maybe I'm, I am longing, longing for a romantic connection. So, mm-hmm. you know, I find myself like, you know, in between episodes, like pulling out my phone and just swiping, you know, on dating apps, <laughs> you know, I, for me, like, I'm also well aware, like, you know, this is a story. It's definitely, like, it's fake, whatever. But it does tug on this, like, inkling of maybe I do want to make a romantic connection. And, like, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we're in quarantine. So I do yeah. think it's 
it's an excuse for me to like, you know, really open myself up to online dating more, you know? Yeah. For me, I have not been on a dating app since 2014. Ooh. That's when like the first dating apps came out. And that's when Philip and I were kind of like on and off in our relationship. My manager at the time, actually, at my job. So she was single at the time. And she was the one that made me download a dating app. She has two kids now. She ma- she married um, her like childhood friend who's like a firefighter now. And she always talks about him taking her around her fire truck. But... <laughs> any case i just remember like thinking that apps were so kind of like skeevy because it reminds me of like hot or not when you're like mm. swiping on people and ranking people or in school when you're passing around notes with uh, a list of boys and kind of like ranking mm. who you think is the hottest and all of that so i just felt like it was so diminishing what you're doing to humans mm-hmm. you're like you get out of my face is what it feels like because you're like literally swiping them away from mm-hmm. from your screen but i will say that I think the the part of me that loves efficiency is like this this completely makes sense. Like dating apps make sense. All of us are so busy now with like our full-time jobs and then we also have like the privilege now of having passion projects. So everyone is doing something with their own mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Right? So it does make sense to me. And recently I signed up for Bumble and I was expecting it to be like a dating site, but they have these other two functions on there, one for a BFF and one for networking. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for those two and I think it's so cool that they have that because come to think of it like humans don't just want to date for like Mm -hmm. sexual purposes they want (laughs) they want to they want to date to like meet friends and have connections and build connections so like i think about even when i was in spain right i literally was like i don't know what site to sign up for i don't know where to find people and all i knew was like meetups.com and facebook but yeah i've been very surprised that this type of thing is sort of out there and available for people to use what are your ladies experience with dating apps it's very different from mine i'm sure i think unlike you you know jan and i didn't have a you know a six-year gap on the dating apps <laughs> um, it's changed a lot i know it has yeah jan you want to start i thought you have uh, more stories yeah <laughs> yeah i signed up for the apps when they first came down i think in like 2012 or 13 this is like seven to eight years of, of online dating that I've, I've kind of gone through. And I think similar to Helen, back then the there was a little bit of a stigma or it wasn't as like mainstream. But I had just moved back to LA from New York and had also moved out to like the LA area properly because prior to that I was living in like Orange County in Southern California. And I was what, like in my mid-20s at the time. So my state of mind for dating back then was really very open-minded I can remember still like the way my thought process when I would swipe I was just so open to like any type of person if I found you attractive uh, I didn't really care what your job was as long as I didn't have like red flags that went off like you didn't look like someone that was gonna murder me or you know (laughs) yeah like I, I just it was very and it was really casual so I actually did meet up with like a lot of different types of people and I went on a lot of different dates and had a lot of like things that you wouldn't really call relationships but like time like dates with with the, mm. the same people. And then, but I've seen like a progression of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was like seven to eight years ago, I was dating very casually, very openly. And then I would say about half, like a couple of years into that, I started looking for more serious, substantial relationships. So then mm-hmm. I could see that my like, not literal filtering on the apps, but like the way that I would think through someone I would swipe left or right on became more like rigid. Mm-hmm. And then specifically in the last eight months, even more specific, I'm looking for like a life partner. So I just, it's a lot, I swipe right a lot less frequently. Mm-hmm. But I would describe my like background with dating apps as in the following pattern. And I feel like a lot of other um, women I've, I've spoken with 
probably guys too um, have a similar thing where I feel like I'll have a couple of months where I'm like really vigilant and I'm super active and I might be on multiple apps and I'm just like really swiping pretty constantly and I'm trying to engage in conversations and I usually what happens is like maybe I'll go out on a date and it doesn't work out and then I get really like not disenchanted but like kind of jaded a little bit yeah Mm-hmm. And then I just like delete everything, delete everything. And then it's like, I'll have a couple of weeks. Where I'm just like absolutely nothing. And then eventually I get stir crazy enough where I just get back on. So there's this kind of like cycle that I go through. And I, and I feel like a couple of other people have shared similar kind of activities. I don't know. What's your experience, Mel, as someone who's kind of more been more active on it recently? Let me think. I feel like I do have a pattern in behavior as well. Like when I first started, I was like, oh no, like some dating apps are just known to hook up. And like for me, like I'm not the hookup type and like, I would say, like, I'm a little bit, I'm definitely picky when it comes to, like, choosing a partner. So I'm even more picky on the apps because it's just, like, I'm more skeptical when it first, you know, came out. But then, like, I had periods of, like, you know, hearing my girlfriends say, like, a lot of my close friends have found their significant others in long-term relationships from dating apps. So I know it's, mm-hmm. like, it works. Also, I watched The Bachelor, so I do think this type of love, like, <laughs> dating apps will work, you know? <laughs> So there's on the, then I get into periods of my life where I'm just like, I'm going to find the one on the dating app. Like, I really, truly believe like this could be it. Um, maybe I'm like a hopeless romantic. So then I go on the apps and I'm swiping. I'm just like, maybe maybe this could work or whatever. And then obviously it doesn't work out. And we do have conversations, but like it just doesn't really follow through. And like, you know, I have a track record of like what going on one date a year with someone <laughs> like on a physical <laughs> date. I think it's because, like, naturally, I just feel very, like, uh, I am picky. You know, maybe I'm, I'm really picky to select or to swipe right on someone, but also very, like, nervous to meet someone in person because you never know, you know, as a woman, the safety issues mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm just more nervous. But I have seen, like, lately, I am a little more bored. <laughs> so I am more active on the app yeah. and swiping. But I think it's just to tell myself to be a little bit more open-minded to, mm-hmm. like, people. I It's just, it's and it's hard, you know, when you're, like, so set in your ways. Like, how can I be more open-minded and, like, how can I like not judge right off the bat from a conversation we're having? Yeah. Janet, I know you went through this period of time where I think you were dating like a different guy a week for a couple of weeks because I think you had like a therapy session and then you were like, okay, I think that maybe I'm being too picky and I needed to kind of just like put mm. myself out there and, yeah, and try yeah, and yeah. find someone. Mm-hmm. But I know you also mentioned that you had like a lot of these filters on people because you do want to like find someone who might be you might be ready to marry once once you meet them kind of right, thing, right. right? So like during that period of time, did you just swipe more or what was switching your mind yeah. for you to? Yeah, I mean, I would say, so here's my thing. I feel like when I'm swiping, it's it's kind of like a series of events that happen in each of those events, you get a little bit more rigid, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to swipe right, it's like Mel saying, if it's like, if I'm already pretty specific, I'm not swiping right that much. But then even of the people I swipe right, then it's like of those that swipe right on me that I actually connect with there's a pool right mm-hmm. and then of those people that now we've both mutually swiped sometimes I'll go back around and I'm like eh I don't know that I actually would want to con- like I like if you started a conversation with me I might but mm-hmm. if I have to start the conversation I might like decide that I'm not as inclined right yeah um and then so then it's like that number goes even smaller to the people that you're actually going to start a conversation with and then of mm-hmm. those people who start the conversation with it's like who's actually then going to respond back and in the conversation it goes well enough to lead to a meetup mm-hmm. what I found was when I tried to be more open-minded is I would just push myself to anyone that we did have a mutual connection with I would initiate the conversation and if I was asked out I would go out on a date it's being more open to like at least the first round they pass your kind of like your filter of things that you're looking for Mm -hmm. and then the second or third rounds where sometimes you might question just be open-minded and and let them have like one to three dates before you Mm -hmm. make any type of like decision 
Mm-hmm. And, some, yeah. and actually, one of the things that my therapist was uh, made a recommendation for in terms of keeping more open-minded but without relinquishing your standards is if you are looking for someone seriously, open up the distance that you're like the physical distance usually how you know there's like the filter for the Mm -hmm. mileage so instead of instead of changing your standards for like education or religion or whatever it is just a bigger a bigger pool of people knowing that you'll be more more committed to like like I'm willing to drive and I'm willing to whatever if you're really looking for someone serious yeah that's a really good tip for your therapist Yeah. yeah I actually um, took that advice I think Janet might have mentioned this to me privately so I totally opened up my distance on my dating apps and I think I told you this last night. So I had a conversation with my with our friend Mimi, and she's like, mm-hmm. we're talking about like age difference. And I was like, I always have a preference. Like I have been having a preference to date older men because like my past two exes have been like one or two years younger than me. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm like I need to date someone older. But I was like, maybe like. But she was like, Mel, when you hit the 30s, the 20s sound really great. Just FYI. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So for some reason, and with that with that advice or that um, comment, I kind of brought down my age range just by like two years, just two, just see what would happen. And then I mm-hmm. refreshed my dating app, and I was like, whoa, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more options. options. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. But for the conversation, like, okay, so, Jen, I think we talked about it offline, or I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but, like, I've been trying to be a little bit more open-minded in terms of, like, maybe swiping right a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I'm running into this issue where, like, okay, so I was like, cool. I will be open-minded with swiping right. So I, I matched up with this guy. We're talking. I was like, great. Like, you know, it's conversations going. But I realized, like, I keep responding back and i'm asking i'm always asking him a question and he just gave me a long response and doesn't ever throw back a question to me and part of me is like one should i keep giving this a shot because i'm like i want to be open-minded but at the same time I'm like you're not you're not giving me anything dude so it's like even though you're being open-minded in terms of your selections and your preferences once a conversation starts you're just like dude this is like that's not working yeah, no, I definitely, I think that's been something to, for me that's been kind of challenging is I love that like on Bumble, it's like the woman makes the first move mm-hmm. um, and it kind of flips it. Uh, but I think for those of us who might still, like I, in my preference in the ideal conversation, it should be both people come to the table ready to, like curious and wanting to learn about each other, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is that like I'll start the conversation, but they just answer it and they're not really tossing it back to me. Yeah. And maybe I wonder if it's because the guy is on the premise that we're in a setting now where the woman should be in control. So you're driving the entirety of the conversation. Mm. So for the tip, a tip for the guys out there, if you're on Bumble, I think it's totally reasonable to to assume that the woman's going to take a, some initiative. But I think you want to, at the very minimum, come still with your own initiative, right? And 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 show interest or maybe I don't know maybe it's because that guy was not interested but then I also don't know why he did he matched with me so <laughs> mm. oh my gosh this is such like a mind fuck yeah <laughs> of like what are your intentions and why don't you like me I actually yeah. um I started a conversation with someone yesterday I matched <gasps> with someone Wait, on the BFF side okay I want to hear because I know on Bumble there's like they give you like really good um like openers what, what was your opener mm. so this is the first time I've ever like I guess connected with someone so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool when they like put your two faces together and it's like, boom, like you yeah. made a, you made a match. And I'm like, oh, cool. And it says like you have 24 hours to make the first move. And it says like introduce yourself, right? And there's a little alert that pops up that says need a good opener. And mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. that Bumble does that for you, but I really appreciated yeah. that that was available because I'm such a noob at this. I would have just done like the wave emoji or like, hello, like <laughs> what do you do for work or something, yeah. something, something like that. The one that I chose was towards the bottom and it says... Do you ever talk to yourself? When? 
Because I think that's just like a weird one to start with. And yeah. I didn't want to throw like a, like, yeah, what do you like to do for fun? I wanted mm-hmm. to start with a weird one. But then I just felt like I was hitting on her a little bit. But at the same time, it was kind of empowering to just feel like I, I sent her a message. Yeah. And if she messages me back, fine. If not, then it expires. Now <laughs> in eight in eight hours. <laughs> so Oh, shoot. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Well, congrats, Helen. Thank you. Thank you. My first potential rejection. I love it. One of the hardest parts, I think, is starting the conversation, right? And I agree. Oh, my gosh. I will admit that I have been lazy enough at times to just do the high wave emoji. And then I'm waiting for the guy. And part of my thinking sometimes in that is that I want to see which guy thinks is like going to put in the effort enough to like respond. And if he wouldn't anyway, then maybe he's not like willing to put in effort but I Mm. I think that's a flawed way of thinking because if we had already created a relationship fine I'm looking for effort but at this point we don't know each other there's no reason for him to like want you know so I recognize Mm -hmm. the flaw in that in in my in my approach in the past I have found that like I really like that feature in Bumble where they have like suggestions for opening lines the last one that I used was if you had to stay one age for the rest of your life which would it be and the reason why I chose that one is because they do have a variety of them and I I liked Helen how you chose one because you're like oh it's kind of like quirky and cute and you kind of just want to see it's like a nice alternative to like a boring intro if you chose an age in the past are you someone who tends to live in the past more and then if you chose an age in the future because once he answered he said hi Janet I would say 30 how about you and then I asked him like with the thinking behind his answer right so for me it was like a good opportunity to have not only a deeper conversation but like to learn something about the person and to get a, mm-hmm. get a feeling yeah. of like how they are how they perceive the world how are they optimistic them. yeah psychoanalyze them exactly yes what wait, so what, what did we what did he say yeah what was that what was the reason uh, for 30 what, what, sorry what, okay. what did you say so what i said say? i said hmm uh, i'm gonna go with 40 here's to hoping i'll be wiser and everything more er uh, and then he said i like that neither of us went lower than 30 so like mm-hmm. to a younger younger oh, age i guess I see, I see. so he was probably also thinking the same thing and he said why 40 and I said, I hear that's like a golden year for women, so age 40. I don't know. I figure that'll be an age where I hope to have started a family, and I'm curious to see how my career may morph. Um, and then I asked him, why 30 for you? And he's like, oh, um, that sounds cool. Your career can morph. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, for me, it's because, <laughs> it's because you really start to come into your own at 30. You know who you are more stability you can take care of yourself but at the same time you still have the freedom and opportunity to try new things and have fun so i, I think mm. it does share quite a bit about the kind of person they are yeah and what they value he gave a really Both good, good response yeah yeah <laughs> i would have yeah that's a good answer i agree 30 is like the year where you're just like i don't give a shit about anything and i will do things for myself and my own happiness and you really do sort of like find yourself beyond 30 so i can see where he's coming from yeah and that's why i'm excited for next year (laughs) yeah (laughs) wait mel how about you did you use one of the opening lines yeah like you Nana, i feel like that's the thing i struggle with the most is like what am i what am i gonna say like hello because i hate when conversations are so like my you guys know me i love banter (laughs) like when it's just a hello i'm just like but i do like simplicity and being like you know basic here and there but i love banter and witty banter and just like kind of having this back and forth so in like my previous experience on dating apps like when i had to start the conversation without in like a a given opener i'm always trying to steer the conversation in a way to be like let's play the question game that sounds so lame but like to some degree where you could like actually like have these type of conversations based off like these openers so i'm really happy that bumble what's the the question game oh that sounds this sounds so high school but i'd be like yeah so anyways that's great that you do blah 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 i would ask either like is there something you always wish to ask like 
someone on the dating apps are like, let's ask each other questions or like, let's like, what, I'll give you three questions to ask or just something like that to like give them mm. an, an opener to like do other things and just talk about what we do for a living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I see. Like, do you remember? Like, do let's you remember, get to it. Yeah. Like, do you remember back in college or in high school when you're on the phone with like a guy you kind of like or a crush? You're like, okay, like, no, you ask the question. Like, like let's, like, let's, you know, let's ask each other like 10 questions. Let's learn about each other. Yeah. Exactly. Getting yeah. to know each I other. See. So obviously, I used to try to steer the conversation that way because I feel like with the, how do you do for a living? Oh, I live here. How how old are you? Blah, blah, blah. It just feels very generic. So like when I saw Bumble's features, I'm like, yes, thank you. Like you're giving me something to work with. What's your like go-to first line? Copy paste. What do you copy and paste? (laughs) Fuck. Or does it depend? Do you curate it based on their profile? I curate it based on the profile. Like I try to do something like a witty remark to something based on their profile. Or like one thing I, I, I tried doing in the past that I did copy and paste was like, what are three things you always have in your shopping cart or like in your fridge? Because you guys know me, I love food. So like, I think mm-hmm. food tells a lot about someone. If someone was like, "Oh, I always just mm-hmm. have this," because like I don't really care, I'm like, "Oh, mm, that's like food's a big part of my life, so I don't know how that's gonna affect this." So mm-hmm. that was my copy and paste answer. I like that. That's a good one, right? So for Bumble, I've said um, I used two. One of them I said, I, I use them on, if you could travel to any city on a first date, where would you go? Because there's like a fantasy aspect mm. of it. Like, I want to like, what if he lives in this world? Like, what can, where would you go? And like, where would you sweep me, sweep me off my feet and take me to, you know, just kidding. <laughs> I feel like any answer you'd be like, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't, not San Diego. Oh. Not necessarily. Because the guy, you know, the, so this Vegas, is the one. Yes. <laughs> well, this guy, he answered like, he said it was a good response, but then he didn't throw it back. So I was like, oh. Mm. What was his response? He's like, I'm probably supposed to pick somewhere romantic, haha. But I say Chicago because I lived there for a while and I know the city so well. So I feel I can pick, hmm. so I could probably pick a perfect place there. And I was like, that's a good response. That Aww, is a good response. That's a good response, yeah. I was almost going to say, if someone said someone something more like cliche, like Paris or yeah. Tokyo, I don't know if yeah. that would be kind of like, eh, you know. But I liked his that's reasoning true. because he knew the city so he could give you a good date experience. <laughs> yeah, that's and I was like, oh, I would have fallen for that for sure. <laughs> Paris? <laughs> Oh, it depends. If you were to say something like, you know, it's like, I'll take you to my parents' house. I'm like, okay, that's fucking way too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm, I see. I see. Keeping it more general. Um, Janet, what is your go-to first line? My go-to first line. Um, the one I've been using more frequently this week is like, what was the highlight of your week? So that's oh, kind of... That's nice. It's that's kind relevant. of generic, but yeah. But it's also... And it, once again, I think it does... Because it's open enough that it tells you about them based on what they select, right? Yeah. Because they're so, it's such a broad, like they could talk about anything. So, mm-hmm. what's the best thing that you've seen in a profile? I have something as I was scrolling through. He said, um, and this was actually back in like 2014 when I was on a dating app. So, and I still remember this line. This is how good it was. And now everyone's going to take this. Um, it said, I can cook one minute rice in 59 seconds. <laughs> Girl, I've seen that in so many profiles. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I saw that, I was like, who is this man? <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. That is such a good line. But I could see, because yeah. Helen likes efficiency. Efficiency yeah. and... Uh, yes. Efficiency <laughs> and dad jokes. <laughs> Asian Boss Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. 
In this episode, we are focused on the topic of dating, looking for activities to do together as a couple, maybe some hobbies or skills you'd both like to develop, or if you're single, taking the time to focus on developing your own interests is always important. Skillshare offers classes, content, and community workshops so we can all feel a little more connected to ourselves and each other. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. They offer a wide variety of classes like creating a perfect morning routine or meditating for beginners. Or spend your time learning new skills with classes like creative writing, fundamentals of DSLR photography, and illustrated lettering. Skillshare classes are taught by industry icons and experts so you get to learn from real creators. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right, Skillshare is offering Agent Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com ABG. One thing we really value at ABG is taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. We're happy to partner with Care-of, a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that supports long-term health. You take an online quiz with questions about your diet, health goals, lifestyle, and Care-of will recommend a list of vitamins and supplements just for you. You can also adjust your pack at any time, so what you get is up to you. For me, I wanted to focus on brain health, energy, and digestion, and also selected that my diet was largely plant-based. Their quiz is so cute. I definitely recommend checking it out. They come in daily packs that are convenient for on-the-go lifestyles. You can throw them in your purse or your work bag or even your gym bag. The packs are also eco-friendly, which we really appreciate. It's made up of compostable films. Care-of is offering ABG listeners 50% off your first order. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code ABG50. That's TakeCareOf.com, code ABG50. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Okay, so speaking of dating apps and like, you know, your opening lines and stuff, but have you guys ever moved the um, conversation like or these potential matches to like a video chat? Because um, I think mm. especially now we're in quarantine, like that's your all the dates now are virtual. So have you guys even tried a video chat? I haven't gotten to a place yet where I see the video chat function. Yeah. Actually, I do see it, but I don't. I th- oh wait, can I only click it if they? Oh, when, the- <gasps> when she. Responds. I'm calling her. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think I just called. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Okay, so you can. So when you're in the chat function after you've connected with someone, you can hit on the um, the camera and that will call them. Holy moly. Yes. Okay. It just said I yeah. tried to call her. Let's see if she responds because she has eight hours She's to respond. Be a, this girl is coming like on poke, so strong. Like a tap on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Dude. So yes, I have just tried it, but 
Have you ladies tried it? I've been intending, even before we started quarantine, to really vet out people more before I go on to in-person dates. Because I think that my Mm -hmm. general approach has been, and I know that this is, uh, other people do this too, sometimes like you would almost prefer to just meet in person first to test out the chemistry. But what happens is then it's a lot of effort out of your schedule and your time to physically meet with the person, right? And so a nice in-between is doing like a phone call or even better yet like a video chat so that you can kind of get a gauge for each other and see if it makes sense then to take the time to meet in person. Um, I just haven't had the opportunity yet, but Mm -hmm. that is something that kind of, I feel like in a more evolved approach to dating that I want to start integrating into, into my behavior. Mm -hmm. And I do like that Bumble just has that like directly in the app. So once I get to a point with my next connection with the person, I will want to initiate a video chat before like an in-person meeting. Mm -hmm. Have you tried it yet, Mel? Janet's actually the one that inspired me to um, kind of like do a phone call before going on a physical date because I think more so than Janet I actually don't like going out physically because I feel like I like being at home alone and being with myself so like that's a like added effort to go out and meet someone so to be honest when I heard about like when all of us are in quarantine and like everyone started dating and I see all these virtual dates I was actually more inclined to be on the dating apps I'm like oh cool like this actually benefits me because like I could I'm actually so down for a video chat so hmm. previously to the quarantine, I did have one like call with a guy and I really enjoyed it before going on a date and that worked really well. So with quarantine, I am very open to a video chat because like honestly, I could be in my pajamas and just like wear makeup and, and just be comfortable in my own setting. I would, I'm down. The thing I love about the Bumble feature with the video and the phone call is that like you don't have to give out your number to someone that you don't only feel comfortable with because like that's another like mm. just like a, just a security thing or like feeling like safe. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like you could just do the call within the app, I feel that's like another added layer of like security as like a woman, you know. So mm-hmm. I actually am yeah. very open and I, I do love the feature of a video in like a phone call component to the chats for Bumble. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point because I didn't realize that, yeah, you don't have to give out your number mm-hmm. in order to have like a phone conversation or a video chat with them. And you will always feel safer once you've kind of like seen the person move around. So you also know mm. that you're not being like catfished either. Exactly. Because yeah. um, it could be like a completely different person that just sent a photo. But even if you call them, like they could still be a completely different person on the other side of the line, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if dating apps do this, but instead of having like a photo, I feel like if there was a feature where in your profile there was a video clip of you just saying like, hi, my name is Helen, excited to meet you, I am looking for whatever, like that could give so much more just like an indication of like who they are and Mm -hmm. their mannerisms and even like the volume of their voice and the intonations of their voice. Like you learn Mm -hmm. a lot more from people just from like a video on their profile versus like a static photo that is really body and thirsty looking <laughs> yeah none of us have actually or Mel has had one uh video phone call right or no i'm sorry has one phone call but let's just say so we do plan to kind of do video chats now before we kind of go on dates if hypothetically we were to go on a video chat date let's talk about what would be like the your ideal video chat date so mel what type of video chat would you suggest or how would you treat it I would probably treat it as much as I can, like simulate like a, like a, you grab a drink with someone. So I'd probably have a glass of wine or something I would drink and a date and like kind of just like how we're like on the Zoom right now, just like interaction. I don't, I know some of my friends or some of our friends have been having those Netflix and chill parties on their, as their date. But part of me is like the purpose of a first date really is to get to know one each other, get to know each other. So the fact that we're watching something, I feel very distracted and not like, I want all attention on this conversation. So I'd probably, you know, get a glass of wine, put on the makeup, 
wear my pajama pants so they can't see but then like wear like something like kind of cute and simple on top to just kind of like i guess like just to mimic a real date as much as i can yeah how about you janet i was gonna say that i would i would hope to treat this video chat like i would treat a first date for me i think i've been trying to move more to daytime like coffee dates versus say like happy hours um but i i I would call out the importance of treating it like a date because I would be very turned off if a guy uh, very sloppily schedule, like instead of it being like, hey, at this time, this date, if he was just like, hey, are you available in the next 15 minutes? And say he called me and say it's like late at night and he's like in bed and just like selfie camming himself. That to me would be very unattractive. Like I, I would, because that feels very like convenience based, I guess, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. treating this like, it's like, yeah, a thing we schedule and I would, yeah trying to treat it kind of like coffee maybe i i actually would prefer maybe like a daytime type of a chat Mm -hmm. and then have it feel not super formal but like yeah you should kind of get done up in some way and i i think it is a reflection of the guy too like how um careful or careless he is in terms of like the effort that he put into what is the background of his video chat like did he put Mm -hmm. into you know in in, in something like that so yeah Mm -hmm. and I, i think the goal of it still like a date is to have conversation and to get a sense of the person and to get Mm -hmm. to know them how about you helen i think for me it's a little bit different because i'm not really trying to find my future like baby daddy from this app it's more the bff side and the networking side is what i'm on i would probably like put some makeup on make sure my hair is not like a complete mess but i'd probably wear the same like pjs just super chill Mm -hmm. and like hey let's just chat for a little bit and i'd probably set it for maybe like 6 p.m so like right before dinner um so that you have kind of a reason to get off Mm -hmm. the phone Mm -hmm. like what about duration right if you're at home Mm -hmm. And clearly you have nothing else to do. Like, how do you stop a conversation? So that could be a means to be like, okay, it's 7 p.m. I'm going to go make dinner now. Like, great talking to you, right? Mm -hmm. I could see like the coffee lunchtime would be a good time to do it. Um, But I feel like nighttime feels more like a wind down. So Mm -hmm. it's more like relaxed and like you can see the sunset and it just feels like more of a connection that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know, guys. I've never done this before. So (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you bring a good point because, like, another thing is, like, I would actually avoid eating, like, on the app because I feel like oh, yeah, on yeah. that video because what if they could hear you chewing and stuff through the thing? I don't know. Just, like, <laughs> keep it just to liquids, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm also thinking about, like, the lighting in my place for a video chat is, like, oh, nicer right. during the day. Um, and I would do a coffee. But I, you could also do, an, as a nice excuse out, you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I have another meeting. Right? Like, I have another uh, chat mm. or something to go into. Janet's clearly experienced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what are some things that you feel like you're experiencing with the apps where I know, Mel, you had mentioned before, it's like this mindset of if I'm swiping right on someone that this is the person and I have to like become super invested with them. Because like I kind of felt that way, like as I was swiping also for me, I thought I would be swiping right on like a lot of people because I'm like, okay, I'm just here to make friends. But I realized that I'm also very selective and only want to commit to the people that I like really think I'm going to have a connection with. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of limited. Yeah, it's hard. I think for me, it's just like, it's kind of like what Janet mentioned, like, you know, like widening your preferences and they're like, like your distance is one thing, like little things that like you could maybe expand your mind on for me. It's just being more forgiving of myself and for them. Like, for example, like I'm being very transparent. Like there's sometimes when I see a photo, I'm like, okay, that's okay here. And then you go down the other photo, you're like, oh, I'm not really attracted to this photo. Or whatever but at the same time it's like that is just one photo like that out of maybe maybe out of the bet like the batch you're like i actually find this photo really attractive maybe that is like that's part of who he is or like that's that's one 
element. And like, I think we are harsh on the dating apps because we do look at, we concentrate on the physical aspect of the photo, right? But for me, if I mm. actually find like a, like an element of his profile, like he said something really funny. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this person, it shows a little bit more of his personality. So I'm more willing to swipe right on these, like, these profiles. Like I'm trying to go easier than I, I how I usually am because I feel like I'm being a little unfair. So like I try to read more about what they're writing about versus just looking at their photos instead. And, like, I think another thing is, like, trying to be more, like, open-minded also in the conversation. Like, there are times where I feel like I get bored and I lose patience really quick. So I'm just like, oh, I'm over it. But trying to be less Mm -hmm. over it and be like, all right, let me give it, let me keep pushing this conversation forward because, like, I'm really am the type to just give up. After one boring hello, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't want to talk. Like, <laughs> like, I'm very, like, okay. Like, I get over it super quickly. So just, yeah. like, let me let me keep throwing bones to see how I feel. And I'll give it back to them. And, like, keep, like, just throwing the conversation yeah. out. Yeah, I, I would agree with Ma. I think it's just kind of trying to be more open-minded not without like lowering your standards right so if you have certain things that you're red flags about like don't compromise things that you know are going to be really important to you mm-hmm. but if it's a if it's a small thing okay so I want to say like I am a pretty big like like when it comes to text in a, a profile if someone makes like a grammatical error I know we talk about this because Mel you're like grammar is not really your thing <laughs> I don't it's not a thing that I judge people but with guys it's a thing where if he misspells something or if he says something I'm like usually I'd be like oh it's a little bit of a turn off for me right but mm-hmm. now I'm like okay it could just be a typo like and then you just kind of push mm-hmm. like that's like a small thing mm-hmm. right or if it yeah to your point like another thing that usually for me is a turn off is like oh my god he has like festival pics and because I'm like oh our lifestyle is mm-hmm. not the same but what if it was like one pick that he had and as long as the other picks feel like they represent activities that I feel related to, like that could be something mm-hmm. I could potentially overlook, right? I'm saying this mm-hmm. out loud. As I'm saying this, I'm like kind of telling myself too the next time I go back into the app that I should just kind of be a little more open-minded. Because Mel, I think you're right. Like when you're kind of talking through like the the small, like you don't know if it mm-hmm. was just that instance or if yeah. the context of that person. But I will say that if there's like three typos within three messages – red flag for sure (laughs) no for sure i think another thing to think about is like i try to say try to figure out like in person like there's a lot of guys i actually find attractive in person that i probably would swipe left on and so just like wondering like Mm -hmm. i feel like there is there is definitely chemistry um in person when you have conversation so like if i could read if something in their profile that that sparks some like okay a little bit of like wit I'm like, yeah, I'll be more than willing mm-hmm. to give this a shot because like, you never really know. And like, I have so many friends tell me like, Mel, just be open-minded, just be open-minded. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I just mm-hmm. like literally be open-minded and not put so much weight of like, this is the one, even when I'm chatting with them, not not thinking like, are you the one? Like, do I want to commit to you? Like, this is something like, like, oh, that, that's something that, that's not something my husband would do or some shit like that. Like those, that type of mindset just to fix that and be like, hey, if anything, I want to have at least a good conversation or maybe like I want to have a, like a yeah. good hour of entertainment. Well, I think a lot of people want the like ultimatum of like a marriage or an engagement or like a boyfriend from these apps. Right. And it, it sounds like it's really draining almost to always have these conversations and watch out for typos and just waves and hellos and have conversation <laughs> die. But what else are you ladies getting from these apps? Like, what do you see as a form of, like, success that you're getting if it's not those ultimatums? Honestly, like, even the dates I've been on that haven't been successful, quote-unquote, like, I think the fact that, like, I was able to put myself out there on a personal level to meet someone, like, a really great person, and it didn't actually work out romantically, I was like, oh, I actually, like, I'm very proud of myself for putting myself out there to have the courage to, like, try and, mm. you know, pursue something, because you never know, like... And that the guys I've been on the dates with, they've been really great. We just haven't been like a chemistry romantic match, but 
I really had a I had a really good time with them and it helps me like kind of determine like pick out what I want in the future more because like I could see myself fixing my bad dating habits as I'm going on these dates if that makes any sense you feel like you're learning you're learning more about yourself from the from the experience of just having the opportunity to connect with people exactly like I think if I didn't put myself out there and actually go on these physical dates I would never learn and I would not know what I would want yeah yeah I actually I do really like this question of like what does success look like for you on a dating app because I've never really directly asked myself that and I think I've just default to the thought Helen like you're saying that oh obviously I'm looking for like marriage or like a serious relationship but if I really think about it I think that For me, success in dating in general is being able to have an interaction with someone where I genuinely, genuinely feel like I could see myself with this person as my permanent partner. And it's devastating when it's A, not reciprocated, or B, when it doesn't work out. But me being able to just emotionally feel that for someone to me is a win. And I think this is something that maybe for women and for men who, if you're like actively looking for a life partner, meaning you're at a point in your life where you're ready for that, and maybe you're a little older, so you're like going through kind of multiple rounds of this, it is very easy to to feel jaded from dating apps where you just kind of emotionally turn off. And you mm-hmm. can't, Helen, you said this earlier in the episode where the only way to really combat loneliness and to have a true connection is to be vulnerable and open, right? And mm-hmm. like for me, success is if I'm able to achieve that vulnerability through an app then and have an interaction with someone even if they don't reciprocate or if the timing doesn't work out to me I would still define that as success and I and I have had that happen through Bumble like I've had a couple of dates with people and it didn't work out but I got to a place emotionally where I was like wow I could see myself with this person forever yeah it sounds like for both of you you're like learning about yourself through the process of whether it's like a rejection or something that doesn't work out at least you're still gaining something from it about yourselves too yeah I will say that like for me being someone who's engaged on a dating app and also like a, a complete noob at this still, I think something that I've found like successful to me is when you're like building up your profile, you really do have to like remind yourself what is important to you and how do you want to like show up in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to like build this like almost like a profile about yourself. Like how do you want to present yourself to strangers? And even if I'm not getting like a, a bunch of matches, I think it's still empowering to feel like I can reach out to someone mm-hmm. super random who I think that I would never, ever, ever connect with. And the way that I kind of see it is like, if, for example, we were at a club and we were in line like for the bathroom or something, like I'm tapping someone on the shoulder to say, hey, I like your hair. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like. That that interaction mm-hmm. of like swiping on someone and maybe connecting with someone, it feels like a like a low investment, low commitment type um, action mm-hmm. right and so when I think about it that way I'm like oh that's not that scary like then I can just you know start swiping more right and build the confidence also of knowing that it's not like if you get rejected it's the end of the world mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah that was like my experience with swiping on on bubble as an engaged person <laughs> you bring up a great point which is that Uh, creating your profile is an act that can be one that makes you kind of really self-reflect. So not Mm -hmm. only are you thinking about yourself and like how to best represent yourself, but then psychologically, we're also thinking we're trying to attract like, you know, someone to want to swipe right on us. Mm -hmm. Do you ladies have any tips that you've kind of come up with as you've like created your profiles? What are some learnings, Helen, that you got in the past? Yeah, since you just did this very recently, you're kind of like brand new fresh eyes. 
well, I started off with like no about me section because it mm-hmm. didn't give me any tips of what to say. Um, <laughs> but then as I was like swiping more and more, I was like, oh, people actually go in depth about it. And at first I had something like I'm an extroverted introvert and like something super basic. It's like I like to go hiking and stuff. And I was like, oh, I like how people go a little bit more in depth about like I like to play volleyball or these are the things that um, give me energy and that I can thrive off of. So then I went back and tried to tried to like revamp my about me section a little bit more, but I don't have that many tips. So maybe you ladies, what are some tips that you ladies have for building your profile? Well, the first thing I think of is like photos. Like for me, like it's having a variety, like a wide variety of different photos. Like obviously for me, like your first photo is like the banger. It's like this photo is going to be like, mm, like this is going to attract the person. And then like, you know, having throwing in photos, like that, you know, showing that you're active and you're social. So, like, maybe a photos of you with your friends. But not having so many photos of that. They're, like, you can't, they can't spot you in the photo. So, throwing, like, different aspects of your personality in. Like, for me, it's, like, showing one photo. Like, me and my friends, like, we're out drinking because it shows that I do like to drink. Another one is, like, maybe me, you know, traveling. I like to travel. Like, kind of showing bits of your personality in the photos and having a variety. Is that the same for you, Janet? Yeah, I think there's definite strategies to the photos because you have a finite number of slots, right? And I think Mel's very right. Like the first photo should be the one that knowing that if they see nothing else, this is literally the the kind of priority thing. And are you communicating yourself in a good way? So I would say always the first photo should be just you. You should not have another person. It should not be in a mm-hmm. group shot because it's hard to tell which one you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's important to, to do a combination of photos of you and other friends. One thing that's a big turnoff for me for guys is if I see three or more uh, selfies. I think this is probably like a thing that people talk about, but especially if it's like a bathroom, just like naked body oh ab shot. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. already, I mean, one is fine. Even one is, you know, kind of, you know, but if it's like, if most of your photos are just of that, I get really turned off by that. So I think having a mixture is definitely good. For me also, I think in terms of filling out the details, I find that um, it's really good to talk about any part of yourself that might be polarizing and to just put it out there. And what I mean Mm. by that is like, for me, for example, I've seen guys that will just straight out say like, I don't like vegetarians or vegan type people. And I'm not a straight vegetarian or vegan, but then I know, okay, we're, we're like, the lifestyle is never really going to work that way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or sharing you have kids. Like that's something that I think just putting putting it out there. So for mm-hmm. me, I and I care about like mind, body, spirituality and like health. So I put that on the forefront in, in my writing and my description because I'm like, if someone's really against that, I'd rather us not waste our time to like figure that out in the chat. You know, so kind of Mm -hmm. putting that out in the details. Actually, yeah, you're right. Like now that you ladies are kind of walking through the details that are important, I would agree that like the photo actually makes a huge difference because I do swipe left on like bad quality photos because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you. You can't take a good photo. Like the (laughs) ones that are just completely like their face is blown out and all you can see is their eyes. And it's like a close-up shot of their face. I'm like, what? (laughs) I don't understand. And there's a lot of those out there. So yes, a good a good photo. And mm-hmm. like you said, Janet, not all selfies. Um, and then I think the effort of putting in detail into the actual profile itself shows mm-hmm. that you are invested in wanting to yes. make a connection through Bumble. Yeah. And I agree that like the people who put more detail about the about me, I'm just like, oh, you're, you want to be transparent. You know what you want. You're not like kind of wishy-washy about mm-hmm. like what you're looking for. Like, cool. Do I want to connect with you or not? And it, yeah, the more detail seems like it's better. I think putting down the details like when I say polarizing it's because like 
if you kind of put something generic like oh yes I like to go hiking and I like to like uh, like a lot of people will have those things right so finding the details about (laughs) or sorry (laughs) but sharing things about you that could be a little bit contentious because it makes you stand out right it's a thing that will differentiate you and not not to say that you're like trying to stand out I mean you are trying to stand out but it's also you want to attract someone that like is going to share similar interests Mm Okay, so I think we talked a little bit about some of the things that we're looking for when we're swiping, but you know how within the setting up of, of the filters, there are certain things that you can actually designate so that you only see certain profiles. So I think I talked about earlier, for me, one of the things that I started changing is like the distance. It's like from like five to 100 miles. So I used to keep it within like pretty close to LA and we all know because LA, they say, even though it's like 10 miles going from east side to west side, it takes forever. So I recently did open up the distance, though, to kind of be more open-minded or have a bigger pool of people. How about for you ladies, what are kind of your thoughts on the filters? I do feel like I gravitate towards certain dating apps because I'm able to filter ethnicity. I do think a cultural, like a similar cultural background or upbringing is really important to me because I feel like they understand my values and like um, have similar like habits and like things they just understand coming from the same background and culture. So I do think ethnicity is something I prefer to have um, filtered or have a preference for in my dating apps. Age is something I think I mentioned earlier how I used to just always set it for like, you know, my age 29 to like 35. But then I'm like, maybe I'll just set like a, maybe a little bit younger just to see. Like, I know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to date younger anymore, but I, I brought it down two more years and I got a lot more people coming in. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll see. Hmm. What does that tell you about yourself, Mel? Don't call me a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helen, how about you? I feel like even, you know, for a friendship, like a friend filter, like what are you looking yes. to filter? Um, so I filtered for the age 28 to 38, like a 10 year. Is that, what, is that normal? Like a 10 year gap? Yeah. 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 Is that that's what, a pretty good approach. Yeah. That's usually my approach. Usually. Um, so I said 28 to 38. And then for distance, initially I had it at 20 miles. But then I saw a lot of people mm-hmm. were coming in from like Long Beach. And I was like, there's just, there's just no, there's no way that that's going to happen. Right? Like if, yeah. if like 50% of the people that I'm, that are, I'm being fed are from Long Beach or somewhere where I'm, I, I don't have a car right now. So I can't really get out there easily. And it's going to be hard yeah. for them to get mm-hmm. to me. Then I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe 12 miles. So that's where I set my distance at. Um, the ethnicity filter, Mel, I completely get where you're coming from. I feel like each of our communities have very nuanced things mm-hmm. that we're like kind of looking for. I think mm-hmm. it'd be nice if there was a filter that didn't explicitly exclude like a certain type of ethnicity. If, for example, I want to see only like Asian people on my on my app, then maybe it feeds me like 70% of the people are Asian. Like there's a percentage mm. that you can kind mm. of like... So it just skews it instead yeah. of being exclusive. Like a scale. That's a good suggestion. Because I don't, like for me, I want to be very open-minded with this type of an app. But at the same time, I feel it is easier for me to maybe connect with someone who has similar background and cultural upbringings and all of that as me. So completely get where you're coming from, Elle. Yeah. That makes sense. No. Yeah. I would say for myself personally, I have dated like a lot of different ethnicities. So it's less of a dis- distinction that I would have a desire to control. However, I have also gone through periods where I did kind of focus more exclusively on um, like guys of, of the same ethnic background as me, like for the same reasons that Mel said. So I would I would like there to be that option, at least in the app. Yeah. I think it would be would mm-hmm. be my kind of perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. similar to Helen, my age gap is also about 10 years Wait, how old am I? I'm 30. Actually, no, no, no. But I, I, so my gap of 10 years is I'll go one year 
uh, less than me. So like 33. And then I go up to 43. Mm. So I'm trying to hit the like later 30s and then early 40s. And I think those are, I mean, those are the main ones in terms of like actual things that you can control. But knowing like, so we, we talked about kind of the filters that you can adjust, right? But what about when you're like evaluating the profile? Are there certain things that you kind of look at and you kind of automatically make snap judgments about? I think in a, in a perfect or in a fantasy world, it'd be really cool to filter by like Myers-Briggs mm. or love Ooh. language. So I feel like that's um, extremely important in a relationship. Or maybe even horoscopes or star signs. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a strong believer in horoscopes. I think Janet is more so than I am. But I do avoid Scorpios because I feel like they just don't match with my Pisces personality. I don't know. How about you guys? I was actually, I know Scorpios generally have a bad rep, but I have a lot of my very good friends are also Scorpios. My kind of take on this is also like different sources have different things to say about good or bad matches, but almost anywhere, if you have two signs, you can find some source that supports that they're A, a good match or B, a bad match. Like it goes all over the place. I hear you, Mel, because I feel like I also have like almost like a subconscious bias. One thing Mm -hmm. I do, instead of being kind of turned off by certain signs that when I'm going through and I see someone who is a sign that's similar to a friend that I have I usually perk up because I'm like oh I know that like like for example um one of my really good friends is a Gemini and and I dated a guy in the past who was Gemini so I'm like oh I feel like generally I get along really well with Gemini and then Sagittarius um like Helen said my sister you and my sister have the same birthday uh, oh wait no no, no uh, like a day apart mm-hmm. um but you know so I like uh I have like cousins and two people who are Sagittarius so I'm like oh okay that also and my first boyfriend was a Sagittarius so um I kind of like in that way I'm a little bit more biased towards certain signs that, I mean that that makes sense is that your filter though don't you get like two free filters when you um first sign up there's like automatic filters and then I think if you want advanced filters yes um there- you, you can go in yeah so I don't yeah in terms of the actual filtering I really only filter out um age and distance mm. mm-hmm. yeah everything else um I I kind of leave open and then I evaluate based on the entirety of the profile how about you Mel well I definitely look at honestly drinking and exercise activity level me too <laughs> because Actually, like I said those two right yeah. because like for drinking okay I'm definitely more lenient uh, I think in a law in our first season I was like yeah I want this guy to like hang with me in Vegas honestly I'm actually okay more so now if my partner doesn't drink as much but I do think I enjoy going out and having like a like an alcoholic beverage from time to time so I prefer them to like kind of drink and for exercise, I, I'm not super active. So find the right balance of like, what am I what am I putting for myself and what am I asking for in a partner? Mm-hmm. So I think I put moderate. Okay. So cause when I see guys who are extremely active, they go hiking and climb mountains, I'm just like, there's no way this is going to work. Yeah. Mm. For my filters for those, I actually put drinking socially, which I think is the moderate one. Um, is it? Yes, I think so. And then exercise activity level, I put active. Because I think the part of it, I do want, if I were to meet a friend on Bumble, I would want us to maybe like go on a hike and like go for a drink or something. Otherwise, I'm like, what else do people do for dates? <laughs> <laughs> so, watch a movie? I don't watch know. It. I guess, but then you can't really talk during movies either. So yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Maybe that will change, but that is my initial uh, reaction to those filters too. So I think it'd be fun if we take one of your profiles, your Bumble profiles, and optimize it. What do you ladies think? Yeah, we actually got um, a lovely list from Bumble of helpful tips for things to put on your profile or ways to kind of um, to set up your profile so that it has a higher likelihood of being successful. Can I volunteer, Mel? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so as we were talking, I was looking through my Bumble profile and I realized like I haven't updated it in years. So I was like, oh, wow, like this photo is from a few years ago or I haven't even like 
wrote out certain prompts. Mm. So sure, I will volunteer my profile for you guys to optimize. Okay, awesome. Send okay. over your screen cap, your profile, and send it over to us. We'll take a look. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, so Bumble did send us this list of like profile optimization things, right? How to set up your profile. And some of the things that they mentioned, which we will look out for in Mel's profile. So this is data that is shown to make a successful profile. A 20 to 30 word bio. Um, so I guess we'll count the words in Mel's bio. Um, three <laughs> plus photos, either a dating intentions and or healthy or social lifestyle badge. What is what is the badge? Hmm. I think it's like the items that you select in your profile and it shows up oh, as I a badge. Okay. And then uh, their data also shows that the profiles that get the most swipes contain phrases suggesting that they uh, want to meet new people or it calls out a specific trait they relate to. So for example, fun fact, uh, women like to talk about a sense of humor. And if you're an emoji user, they also have a bunch of different emojis here that are popular among women's profiles as opposed to men's profiles. So it looks like for women, there's heart emojis, the female sign, cameras, and it looks like a Shiba Inu (laughs) puppy. And then for guys, there is a laughing emoji, um, a camera, a sunglasses face emoji, and then also the American flag, which is interesting. And they both have this like, I don't know, like that emoji where you put your hands up like against your face and you're just like, Ah, yes. Yeah. Confusion. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, let's see if Mel has that in her profile. Okay, so I sent everything over. Don't go hard on me. I don't have emojis, but just take a look. Okay, let's see. First photo. Okay. Okay, so first off, my impression is that your hair looks super good. Um, no roots are showing. You have a nice curl <laughs> to it, and it like lands like nicely around. It frames your face very well. Um, you look friendly. Your eyes are doing this like squint thing, showing that you're like smiling from within, mm-hmm. like you're actually happy and not just smiling for the camera. It's also a good quality photo. Because I've seen a lot of photos out there that are just very like bug-eyed or it's like a selfie photo in the bathroom, half naked or something like that. So props to you for that. I appreciate the, the sweet comments on my profile, the picture, because that photo is from 2016. And then it says that you are the head of community at a media company, which is still true because you're at ABG. I was like, oh, okay, you're a head of something. That means you're legit. Uh, University of California, San Diego. Okay, educated. Good, good first initial reaction i would i would continue swiping down on you yes and then as we get to your profile section i'm not sure how many words you have one two three four five i'm gonna say it's about 20 it looks like it's about 20 so looks like you barely just made them in but (laughs) (laughs) um and then she also shares that she's an enfj so it's personal information she talks about uh how saturday nights are safe for drinks and dancing hip-hop and throwback please okay so you specify your taste in music which is good. Sundays reserved for food comaing and lounging in bed, binge watching TV shows. Okay, so I feel like you you give a good snippet uh, of your lifestyle and like what the day to day would be. And then below her, uh, like the freeform written bio, she shows her height. She says that she works out sometimes. Her sign is Pisces. Uh, you also express that you never smoke. You do drink socially. She's looking for a relationship and she wants kids someday. So those are all really good details. And then the second photo is of her and Helen. So it's a nice photo of her um, with a friend. So we know she has friends. And you, you're eating noodles. So we know that you're, you are a foodie and you like food. But it's, it's more like you're, you're stuffing noodles into your face. So yeah. is it suggestive? Oh, a little flirtatious? Was it, was it meant to be suggestive? 
No, not at all. I think it just shows that, like, I really enjoy food. Plus, I also realize it's, like, it shows that I'm in a, like, mom and pop type of vibe versus, like, a fancy mm. dining area with the wine. So, like, you know, I'm more of, like, a comfort girl where it's, I don't need to indulge in, like, fine dining all the time. So, I want someone or a partner that also enjoys, like, really good cheap food but that was like i guess that was what i was going for and like hey i like to eat with a friend i'm not always a loner so like maybe i threw in a friend photo as janet was reading my badges i was like yeah it's pretty accurate i would hope so yeah. <laughs> that's true actually you're right would you guys think my bio or like the written part is okay i mean if i were to see that i i like it because enfj um i know a couple of other enfjs i'm like okay we could probably get along and then I also, I think the thing that got me was hip hop or throwback mm. and some drinks and dancing. So you're like a fun person, but also like, yeah, food comaing and binge watching TV. It's like, okay, chill, fun and chill okay. is what I got. So I would probably continue scrolling down on your profile. Okay. The written part is is specific enough that it shows personality. And I think to Helen's point, like those specific callouts resonates with a specific type of person, right? Yeah. Um, maybe one thing you could add is something more around like what you're looking for. Mm. So I know in the badges, it distinguishes you're looking for a relationship. But um, one of Bumble's tips is like, if you explicitly talk about like a thing that you're looking for, or, like if you're looking for a long-term relationship, maybe that's a good thing to include. Or like maybe say like a binge watching buddy or something yeah. like that. You know? that's, a good, mm. that's a good point, Janet. Because I think in a previous, like maybe in an old profile I wrote that I took down because I feel like, oh, this is so generic. I was like, oh, like, you know, we joke around about like our different types. And I, I think I said like, oh, who's over the fuck boy phase or something like that. And I'm like, mm. I think in my mind, I was like, maybe that'll attract the fuck boy versus like, I don't know. Oh, baits them. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, They'll take it as a challenge. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't include that that line. You're also missing maybe an emoji, mm. according to Bumble. Mm. But you do have a smiley face at the end. So it's like an old school yeah. emoji. emoji. So you know, to go with the throwback hip hop vibe, you know? Oh, well thought out. <laughs> yes. But Helen, you mentioned like you would, you would be down to continue the profile. So make really interested yes. to hear what you guys both think of the other stuff. The next few photos, Mel has some like gray concrete walls in both photos. But the first photo is of a very happy, smiley Mel. And then the next photo is like a very high fashion, like I found a chair in the middle of this outdoor space and I'm casually just leaning back on it and looking at you like I'm either going to jump you or you're going to jump me. So it's like, it's a nice like juxtaposition. It gives you um, a lot of range of personality and... Mm -hmm. I also like that the fact that you can take a good photo. Both of these are very good photos. So as a friend, so. you would swipe. You're like, oh, you'd be interested in being my friend. Yeah, because if it was only the second photo where you look like really intense, like you're going to jump me. If all the photos were like that, I'd probably be like, oh, maybe not. Mm. But because you also look like you're happy. And then the first two photos were like, you like to eat with friends too. Yeah, I would continue scrolling down. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mel has a very inviting, friendly smile. Um, and that continues through her third photo is she's holding a yo tiao. It looks like she's probably in Taiwan having like the Taiwanese breakfast. Um, and then the fourth photo is kind of a silly one with her in like um, a, a giant Pikachu helmet mask costume thing. <laughs> My one comment though, as I look at this profile holistically with the photos is that you have beautiful photos, but I've heard the comment from guys before that when the photos look like kind of too nice, they get a little bit intimidated because it looks almost a little model-esque. Mm. And that probably was not, I think Mel, just because you work in social media, you're very like, most of the photos that you take are very good quality, but even maybe one that's like a little bit more grungy or like, you know, like I think my feel less intimidating for the guy and then also maybe maybe like another group photo um mm. so oh. like to give it some range i think your second and your first photo actually look very similar and they're very beautiful and they're very like inviting but they feel a little redundant so maybe if you if you added in like 
um, a group photo with like five other girlfriends or something like that. Mm. Mm. Good comment. I have heard the um, comment about how you should always have some friends with you, maybe like one photo with like one friend and another photo with like a group of friends to show that you you don't only have one friend. Mm. So yeah, that that's a good point. Also, Mel, your um your photo with the Yotao, that one is definitely suggestive. You were yeah. like, <laughs> that's I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. What really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those who don't know a yotel is like a, a long fried dough thing yeah <laughs> you know what it is though? and she's like sticking it almost in her eye <laughs> i did get some comments saying like when people have saw that photo they will react to that photo I'm like oh i love this so they like so when they responded i'm like oh you guys know what this is because like a yotel is like chinese taiwanese like you know did like only, I think only some certain people will know it, so if they react to it, I'm like, oh, you understand. You understand me. But are they reacting for the right reason? Good question. We will never know. That's true. <laughs> but I think, no, you're right, you're right. But then, Jane, I think you bring up a good point, because, like, sometimes when I'm looking through photos to post, I'm like, oh, that looks too, like, is that too edited or is that too, like, aesthetic, I guess? So I'm, like, trying to find mm-hmm. photos that I have with a group of friends. But it's also the other mm-hmm. arguments, like, my photos of all my girlfriends, I'm like, they're super attractive. So I'm like, what if they see the photo and, and they're thinking, like, oh, that's her? that's not her i'm like oh shit like so if i have too many girlfriends in one photo i'm like okay how many how do i balance it out mm. or a group photo with guys too you could do a mix of mm. oh yeah that's true that's true that shows like i i'm i'm all i befriend all the sexes you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for the pikachu one i actually realized like i tend to do this in all the dating apps i like to throw in so this is my way of counterbalancing like the oh the edited photos like here i'm actually kind of silly so like it's always like a trolley photo at the end if you make mm. it to the end mm. you know if you make it to the end i like that that's a good it's like an easter egg i'm a surprise i would say that overall i actually really like your profile i feel like this is a very high quality well thought out profile and i don't know why anyone would not swipe right on you maybe I don't know. maybe because i'm coming up too suggestive with the yotel <laughs> <laughs> and and the noodles going into your face maybe yeah. <laughs> or is it because mel is uh you're being more selective on who you're swiping to huh yeah and that the connection in terms of connections that, yeah. that is that is definitely true that is yeah i think you're actually quite right on that is this profile consistent with all like all across all your dating apps or do you curate it based on each app i will say that i'm lazy <laughs> and i like it's pretty re- redundant and repetitive um on across the dating apps but i do i do notice though like the reactions to the the photos and stuff depend on the dating apps like for example like i think that on some dating apps like because i'm able to like there's more like a filter with like you know ethnicity that they react a lot more to that yotel photo because they know what that is because it's an asian dish versus like some other ones maybe not as like responsive but overall, like, mm-hmm. I will say I do appreciate the responses to the funny photos. I think across the board, people have been like, oh, LOL, or that's funny. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's working to some degree. Not completely because I haven't been on a date yet. But, you know, it's working <laughs> enough. Well, I like the suggestions that Janet had given you. So maybe if you were to update that, maybe we can see a month from now if you get more more swipes. Yeah, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. I feel like... I think I def- Jana gave some really good responses, and she is a pro. Most of her successful dates have... I don't know. I'm still single. I don't know if that's very pro. <laughs> but I feel like you're able to get a lot of dates through Bumble and the other apps. So I feel like... I need to, like, edit my profile definitely a little bit more. So I'll keep mm. your advice, and I'll definitely consider it, and I'll update you guys along the way. Maybe I'll even share, like, my preliminary profile with our followers since they could see what we're, what we're describing. That's maybe kind of embarrassing, but whatever. Uh, I think that's just your way of trying to get more people to look at your profile. <laughs> 
Hmm. That too. Yes, it is. Neither can I can't confirm nor deny that statement. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was extremely helpful that Bumbleware would like to give us some tips. I feel like not a lot of dating yeah. apps will like share all these like kind of insights with us. So really appreciate Bumble for sending us their profile optimization. Those are extremely helpful. We'll definitely consider that. All of us are always on the search for connection, and especially during this time when we're feeling extra lonely with social isolating. Uh, So whether you're looking for a romantic relationship, a friendship, or a network, hopefully uh, you can find that through Bumble. We also have a couple of other partnerships that we'd love to share with you guys. Other ways to connect, if you're looking for some online uh, counseling or therapy, we have a partnership with BetterHelp. You can find all the codes and links in our show notes. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review at Asian Boss Girl. And if you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We are also very active on social. Our handle is at Asian Boss Girl. Let us know you're listening by taking a screenshot on your phone, sharing on your IG story, and tagging us. Include something related to your dating life online, or even maybe a snippet of why you might be feeling lonely during this time of staying at home and in quarantine. And we will restory it on our own Instagram. Also find us on YouTube where we have started posting some vlogs. Subscribe at Asian Boss Girl. And again, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. We'll see you again next week on Thursday. Bye! Bye.